Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 68 of Wiki Shuffle. My name's Jack. I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And I'm joined by Phil. Hello. The sternest episode yet. Yeah, Prince is dead. Victoria Wood. Victoria Wood's dead. Prince didn't want to go on living in a world that didn't have Victoria Wood in it. And I can understand that. I can appreciate that. China's dead. The wrestler. The lady wrestler. Lady wrestler. But she loved being referred to, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) The lady wrestler. (laughs) And David Guest is dead. For real. (laughs) You see, I I keep forgetting about them. Uh, There's been so many many that I keep forgetting about. There was a montage picture somebody put on Facebook today, and it was like, oh, God, Terry Wogan's died. Mm. Yeah, I knew that, but I'd forgotten all about it. Barely registered. Too much noise. Too much death noise. Talking about death, you've been to the ATP Festival this weekend. Do you have any classic anecdotes that you want to share at the end of the podcast? Oh, yeah. Loads. Okay, great. I'll look forward to that-ish. Let's do some wiki shuffling in the meantime. Chris, what is that? Wiki shuffle is where we press the random article button on Mm. Wikipedia and we talk about whatever happens to it land on. Beautiful. Let's roll. Also known as a waterlog or woggle in the UK. Can't say that in this day and age. (laughs) Pool noodle waterlog or woggle is a cylindrical piece of polyethylene foam, sometimes hollow. Pool noodles are used by people of all ages while swimming. I've never used a woggle. Oh, yeah, these are fun. They're like the big cylindrical polyethylene foam. foam, And you can ride them like it's some sort of seahorse. No, you can't. No, you like you put it... In between your legs, you just sort of shimmy along. along. That's quite fun. Or you can try and hold the whole thing under the water with your feet and try and balance it. But because it it floats, it tries to get up and then sometimes it'll just pop up. I didn't go to any pool parties. You never went to a pool party? I think so. Aww. You you, you both dab hands at the pool party? Yeah. Of course we are. When was your last pool party? A long time ago. I was nine. Phil? I'd say about the same. You never went to a pool party? No, what did you do at a pool party? Yeah, swimming fun, splashing, diving, jumping, petting. heavy petting. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm um, sorry I missed out. Well, if you want a heavy pet a nine-year-old, you know where to go. I'll prison. Go to prison. <laughs> Is there there's a pool in prison? Pool noodles are most useful when learning to swim. Mm. Why? Yeah, why? For floating, for rescue reaching, in various forms of water play, that, and for aquatic exercise. Is that sexual? Water play? Get your woggles out. <laughs> You can't say woggles. That's what they're called. They've always just been the, the thing. The float. The floaty yeah, thing. the floaty thing. But, but um, not a float. No, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's not a float. But it's made of the same stuff as a float. Sure it is, but it's a totally different shape. And as, it's, as the article says, it's sometimes hollow. Mm. See, these look like more fun, fun things. For me, a float is when I was learning to swim, the swimming instructor guy would just throw one in. Yeah. You know, the guy with the big stick, in case you started to drown. The guy with the big stick? Who taught you how to swim? <laughs> Man. 
the man. Through a punishment method. No, this is how I, this, I remember how I learned how to swim. You get thrown into the deep end by the man, and then he throws in a float, like a, it was a blue or a yellow thing that you hold yeah. on to, yeah. and then he screams at you, kick! This he did, I remember that, the yeah. kick, yeah. Kick, kick, and he had to kick, 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 kick! And he had a big stick. Which and he was you, hitting you with a stick all the while this was going no, no, on. No, no, the, the stick was if you started drowning, he could fish you out. Yeah. Or if you weren't kicking hard enough, he could just give you like a shoe, like if you're a cat. Shunt. Get out, get that sh- kick. Have and you, you got to the other side and then you say, do it again. Kick. Aggression. And by the end of it, I learned how to swim. But you're not a good swimmer. So I'm a, you've, No, I'm a great swimmer. You think I'm not a good swimmer, but you've never seen me swim. It's just so unlikely. It's not. I'm a brilliant swimmer. Can you see it? A brilliant swimmer. Yeah, I am a I brilliant swimmer. I cannot see that for Chris. I can. I can swim all. really well. I could see you capably managing a length at a push. I can push do loads of lengths. How with many? a man with a stick shouting at you. That could helps. you do four lengths? Yeah, I could. How about six? It has been a while since I've been swimming. <laughs> there you go. But I probably, I think I could Brilliant do. swimmer can't Out do of all the sports. I just don't, I, I, don't I honestly think when I picture you swimming, I picture you uh, with armbands and I picture you like... Doggy paddle. your head just above the water <laughs> and you're like, yeah. you're kicking wildly. <laughs> what I was getting to anyway, mm-hmm. these things look like fun floats, not the learning floats. Yeah. These are like for... For Japes. fun, recreational they, they make swimming a good, fun. They make a good sword type scenario. They do make a good sword, yeah. With, like, because you can't quite get up enough weight to actually hurt anybody, but good long flat. Oh, that's the best thing about them. If you slap them against the water, it makes a really cool sound and water goes everywhere into your opponent or villain's or rival's eye. Or innocent old ladies. Mm. Grab the, the woggle and just wrap it around their neck and just tighten it until they're under. Yeah. And then you, that's how I was taught anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the most common dimensions for a woggle are about 160 centimetres, five foot three in length. Hey, your height. And seven centimetres in <laughs> diameter. Ouch. The term water woggle derives from Coswell Holdings' trademark water woggle, which was first marketed as a foam water toy almost three decades ago. The term noodle derives from Jack's Pacific's trademark fun noodle water product, which was created as a foam tube water toy almost two decades ago. The term canoodle, brackets connector noodle. Oh, mm. is this the heavy pen? Is there a link? Well, I don't when know. You connect a noodle. You connect a noodle. It's an erector <laughs> set manufactured in the US. USA by Serenaventions. Trips off the tongue. A noodle skin is a custom this cover. Is noodle skin. A noodle come skin. On, come on. Is a custom cover that is placed that's over like a foam that, pool noodle. Nah, that's something that Jewish people would tell their kids. Like, we're going to get your noodle skin removed. It's all going to be fine. You don't want a noodle skin. Wrapping your woggle in a noodle skin for safe canoodling. The noodle skin allows two pool noodles to be made into a floating seat. Or you could just get a lilo. There are several pool noodle connectors on the market. One connector is a piece of pipe made out of foam, slightly larger than a pool noodle, so it can connect two pool noodles by encasing the end of each. The other connector is made of food-grade polypropylene and manufactured in the USA. Hmm. This noodle... This noodle connector comes in the form of an erector set. You've got to explain to Chris what that was. I'm explaining. This is the next paragraph explains. Hold your horses. This noodle connector comes in the form of an erector set that is screwed into the cavity or centre of the foam noodle and attaches to a six-sided noodle connector. This allows larger structures to be built from pool noodles. There exists at least two, four and six-hole foam connectors and a variety of polypropylene connector parts that enables users to build all types of structures and designs. This is boring, isn't it? It sounds boring, doesn't it? Like, it's like connects. Just do that on land. Just have fun in water. Because it's a lot bigger than connects. Yeah, water. 
Pool noodles are actually nearly identical to industrial and residential foam insulation for pipes. The only difference being the industrial use version of the technology is a denser foam and has a structural reinforcement outer layer. People have used pool noodles as cheaper versions of the industrial pipe insulation inside buildings at a substantial cost savings. Life hack. Next time you're doing some lagging, as I believe is the correct term. Yeah, that's a word. Don't fork out for the expensive drab pipe liner. Get yourself some woggles in all kinds of vibrant colours and mm. lag away to your heart's content. The industrial version is about twice to four times as expensive, so you can do quadruple the lagging. What other podcast gives you advice on how to quadruple your lagging efficiency? Not many. Bad exactly. Ones. <laughs> Boring ones. Fairly dull ones. <laughs> Medieval warfare, LARPs. Live action role plays. I bet you do that. Of course I don't do that. Oh, come God. on. You're the Dwarven King. You are so the Dwarven King. <laughs> I reckon you have a little outfit that you dress up in, even when you're not LARPing. Peep show, yeah. Dobby and Gerard, you're so Gerard. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, yeah. for a start. <laughs> you're so Gerard. <laughs> Didn't Gerard die? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to die. I'm just saying just that the, the rest of your life, the LARPing and stuff. But there is no LARPing in my life. Yes, the, there yeah, is. Yeah, I know you don't want to... safe space. It's your safe space. I know you don't want to admit it on the podcast, and that's fine. No one's holding anything against you, and if you're not ready to talk about it, that's okay. No one needs to know, Elrond. What is it? What is it? What are you like? Are you a dwarf? Are you a... Um, I don't LARP. <laughs> I don't LARP. That's ex- did, sorry, but that is something that a LARPer would say. But do you LARP? No. Isn't that something a LARPer would also say? No, because it's very obvious that I don't LARP. How? How is it? Right. Have you ever seen The Hobbit? Yes. Have you ever read The Hobbit? No. But you've seen the film. I Case have. closed. What? No. It's the live action bit that admittedly discounts you from the practice. You look more like somebody who'd just be hanging around at the tabletop versions. This is <laughs> This is exactly like John Carpenter's The Thing. Right, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> no. Really? I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. He has though, hasn't he? I haven't though! I, I do believe in with Dungeons and Dragons. I think you've I think you've LARPed. I've never LARPed. I think you've dabbled I think you've, in you LARPing. Might, <laughs> you've, da- you've definitely You might have done like half a day and then thought, you know what, actually this isn't me. And you hung up your wizard coat you go off your horse and go back into your car and thought never again let's tell no one there's no way you haven't at least considered laughing i've never considered laughing sure but you obviously have, and that's fine. I'm making it sound like I have a problem with people who LARP. Yeah, yeah you, are, you are. Here. You are absolutely fuming yeah. at the, the thought that people what, might think. That what you if your old guild listens to this? <laughs> <laughs> Medieval warfare LARPs often make extensive use of pool noodles. Do you remember? That's what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. With such cause for foam weapons. So what weapon do you pretend to have? It is generally the least expensive foam of construction available and very easy to make into a safe weapon. However, pool noodle foam is more prone to break down with extended use than other types of foam. Just so the listeners know, Phil isn't reading Wikipedia now. This is all just off the top of his head. (laughs) (laughs) Modern martial artists occasionally use pool noodles as tamishigiri test-cutting targets in lieu of more expensive targets like meat or tatami amati mats. First robotics competition robots use the foam from pool noodles as a bumper to protect the robots from damage during collisions. 
Pansy robots. Robot wars. <laughs> nice. A pool noodle is also used in the drinking game Blowhole, in which a hollow pool noodle is filled with four to eight ounces of beer and two contestants simultaneously blow into the noodle in order to spray their opponent with beer. What That's waste. quite nice. It's a waste. Though. No, it's, it's a waste of beer, sure, but it's also nice that the coolest people in society can use noodles and also the lamest people in society can use them. Disconnection. Disconnection is the severance of all ties between a Scientologist and a friend, colleague or family member deemed to be antagonistic towards Scientology. The practice of disconnection is a form of shunning. Shun. Shun. Shun an unbeliever. Oh, you're doing a very good job. It was it's a, like a one-handed shun that you yeah, were doing. Yeah, yeah. Towards, towards me. He was shunning me. Are you a Scientologist now? Um, no. But I feel like I'm the sort of person... That they could convince me. Yeah, I feel like Get those little metal sticks out and say, look at like, what's going on in your head. I'll go with Jed. I can see it, so I'll stay away from them, though. Have you ever seen a personality test on the streets? Don't, just don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I did one of their personality tests oh, are you? just a couple of weeks ago. What? It turned up online somewhere, and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at that. And... And then are you a Scientologist? And now I'm a Scientologist, yeah. Oh, great, good for you, mate. And I disconnect the pair of you. No, (laughs) it was absolute bullshit. It was basically a whole load of questions that were kind of worded a bit scientifically, but what they really meant was, have a think about your life and how sad it is right now. That's what every single question was to make you feel shit about Ah. yourself. It was engineered to, so, on a scale of one to four, how lonely are you right now? That kind Mm. of thing. And it was all... But surely they would have got you then. Because of how (laughs) how forlonely my life is. Yeah. (laughs) I've got LARPing. (laughs) Exactly. He's got the guild. It's like like a L'Oreal advert. They get you with the science, but really they want to make you feel shit about your face. <laughs> Whoa, Chris is well impressed with himself there. It's a lot like L'Oreal, I'm because you're worth it. So there were all sort of weighted questions like, just how terrible are you at making friends? Yeah. How yeah. terrible are you on a scale of one to four? I, I just answered two for everything. What did they what say was at the two? End? It's two. Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> okay. I was somewhat everything. Mm. <laughs> but you're very bad at making friends. Somewhat. I'm somewhat very bad at making <laughs> friends, yes. <laughs> but after they finished the test, what did they do? I was a little bit nervous. I considered not using my proper contact details, and then I thought, you know what, fuck it, they're genuinely not going to get me here. Mm. I'm intrigued to know how this system works. This is how they get That's, you That in. is how they get you. Absolutely, this is how and, they get you. And to be fair, like I know you said, Chris, that you're the type that's likely to fall for it, it, but actually, most of the time, it seems that like really intelligent people... Oh become Scientologist so and Phil is quite intelligent do you think that's not the impression I get I think in some cases so they'd shun me because I believed it so much you would if you got in you would be at the bottom of the pyramid whereas Phil would be fast tracked to the top oh him and Tom Cruise easy can you not see that yeah probably I can see it maybe you should just join I thought about it. I thought, what could go wrong? I mean, it's hedging my bets. Worst case scenario is that there aren't any giant lizard aliens. Mm. What if there are? What if they've got it right? What if that is the right one true religion? Mm. Pascal's wager, that's what that's called. What did Pascal do? I can't remember. But the the basis of Pascal's wager is you may as well believe in God and you've got all your bases covered. I don't, I don't even give a shit. <laughs> like if, it turn, if it turns out God's real, well, 
Fire and brimstone for you fuck, for all eternity. Yeah, fuck it. Stick that poker up right up. Well, you know, that kind of sounds like heaven to me. So anyway, back to disconnection and the horrible, horrible things that horrible, horrible Scientologists do. Oh no, I was talking about what they did next. Oh yeah, Because yeah. I got a phone call off of the Scientology I people a few days later. I knew it. And it was a, a nice, well-spoken English girl. Definitely, she sounded very young and very polite and she's clearly been held against her wishes she asked because the next step after you've filled in your online form they want you to go along to a meeting so that they can sort of snigger at your shoes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so well you've come dressed like that that just just undermine you in those ways that's what they want to do next and it was like i'd have to go to birmingham and nothing's worth that (laughs) (laughs) that is true but you're not scared now because they have all your details they've got all my details look what they did to john sweeney remember the panorama guy who shouted in their face oh what did they do to him. He followed them around for a bit and tried to investigate them, and then they went full on Scientology and just followed around his house, tried to dig up a little dart on him. They turned up at just things he was at, and there was a like a video of him screaming in this guy's face because the Scientologist he got in his brain, up in his grill, up in his grill. Among Scientologists, disconnection is viewed as an important method of removing obstacles to one's spiritual growth. In some circumstances, disconnection has ended marriages and separated children from their parents. The Church of Scientology has repeatedly denied that such a policy exists, though as of February 2012, its website acknowledged the practice and described it as a human right. In the United States, the church has tried to argue in court that disconnection is a constitutionally protected religious practice. However, this argument was rejected because the pressure put on individual Scientologists to disconnect means it is not voluntary. Hmm. Gross. Antagonists to the Church of Scientology are declared by the church to be antisocial personalities, potential trouble sources, brackets PTS, or suppressive persons, SPs. I really like the idea that this podcast will be branded by the Church of Scientology as Ooh. a potential trouble source. Yeah. Or Can we the three oh. of us as suppressive persons. Oh, they'll get on our case, though. Bring it on. Yeah, what are they going to do? Just, oh, just hang around. Right, I'm going to tweet them this episode and say, look, guys, these podcast people are talking bad shit about your weird, stupid religion. Do something about it. Let's see what happens. The church teaches that association with these people impedes a member's progress along the bridge to total freedom. Guilty? I'm directly attempting to do that. Get away from that stupid, non-existent, pretend bridge that they're lying to you about. Stop that. Stop that right now. In Introduction to Scientology Ethics, L. Ron Hubbard sets out the doctrine that by being connected to suppressive persons, a Scientologist could become a potential trouble source. Oh, so if any Scientologist listens to this, we're the trouble source for them. Yeah, we're corrupting them. Mm -hmm. I see. So if we gave this podcast to a Scientologist... We're stopping them from meeting their potential. They're not letting them to the bridge to total freedom. Mm. Where they can meet the aliens. Lizard aliens. I mean... At some point, you just have to grow up, don't you? (laughs) According to L. Ron Hubbard, a Scientologist can become PTS by reason of being connected to someone that is antagonistic to Scientology or its tenets. In order to resolve the PTS condition, he either handles the other person's antagonism, as covered in the materials on PTS handling. Why is that capitals? Handles. It's all about making you feel like there's a code that you don't quite understand, you don't quite have the rules to decipher, and that if you stick at it, you'll get those rules and then the understanding's just outside of your reach. That's the whole point. Really designed to suck you in from that point. It's like the way that those questions, and there was like a hundred of these questions that I had Mm. to answer. They were all suggestive that they could tell something secret from my answers that I didn't understand myself and that there is an extra power that other people have got because I'm not as good as other people. And that's 
what religion boils down to. You're not as good as the people that are practicing this. And it's insidious and it's mean-spirited and it's just so wrong. Like those BuzzFeed articles which says, which Spice Girl are you most like? And it turns out <laughs> I was more like Jerry, but I'm clearly more like Baby. You're not Baby. Are you kidding me? You're scary if I've ever seen scary. <laughs> It's a bit like that, yeah. except the person that wrote that isn't promising you eternal life. Well, I just gave me a percentage and said I, had, I didn't have enough Did sass, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you then. That's clearly bullshit. The mm. sassiest man I know. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're full of sass. Yeah. Oh, see? Yeah. I saw that. That was sassy. In order to resolve the PTS condition, he either handles the person's antagonism as covered in the materials on PTS handling, or as a last resort, when all attempts to handle have failed, he disconnects from the person. He is simply exercising his rights to communicate or not to communicate with a particular person. He defined handling as an action to lessen a situation towards an antagonistic individual by means of communication, and disconnection as a decision to cut communication with another individual. See, that sounds so threatening, but what they really could have just said to us, if this was the podcast, just turn off. Yeah, but it's not just that, because you're not talking about some external thing from your life you can do without. You're talking about your children. Oh. You're talking about something that you're the person that you're married to. Oh, so so it's, on board, so. Uh, yeah, so you can't just turn it off. This is you need to make a m- radical life decision to eject your loved ones because the church is more important than they are. And you should trust our opinion above their opinion rather than engaging in some sort of meaningful discourse and argument about that, which we might have a chance of winning. You're just to stop listening to them and never have any contact with them. But it's like that Black Mirror episode, isn't it? The Christmas one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, you know what I mean? Where it's, mm-hmm. the, you just cut someone out altogether and you can't, they refuse to acknowledge you. I get it. I just needed to put it into a reference. I understood. Okay, that's good. Like Kelly or Spice Girls. <laughs> Hubbard also wrote that Scientology ethics officers should recommend handling rather than disconnection when the antagonistic individual is a close relative. He also stated that failure or refusal to disconnect from a suppressive person is a suppressive act by itself. So if you don't disconnect from this person, we're going to disconnect from you. Choose your side, is what they're saying. It's Mm. just, it's bullying tactics of the Mm. worst order. Hang out with our clique, leave that clique behind. It's just grubby. In one case cited by the UK government, a six-year-old girl was declared suppressive for failing to disconnect from her mother. Wow. Sociologist Roy Wallace reports that Scientologists connected to a suppressive would usually be required to handle or disconnect, although he found some ethics orders which ordered unconditional disconnection. So was that the child that was the Scientologist? And the mum wanted to get away. The mother was the suppressive one, so she wants to get away. But the daughter, the six-year-old daughter, was herself treated as suppressive because she wouldn't disconnect from the mother. So presumably the father was still in with the church. The mother decided, actually, you know what, I'd quite like to, you know, enjoy my life. Yeah. And so the daughter, the six-year-old daughter, wasn't prepared to say, no, mum, I'm not talking to you anymore, and so herself becomes suppressive. According to church statements, disconnection is used as a last resort only to be employed if the person's antagonistic to Scientology do not cease their antagonism, even after being provided with true data about Scientology. Since it is taught that usually only people with false data are antagonistic to the church. So yeah, maybe I've got it wrong. By all means, try and persuade me, Scientologists. Have a chat with me. By all means. By some means. You've already opened the door. I have. You've opened the big. Have a chat. I'm not coming door. to. I'm not coming to Birmingham. But you want to come? We'll go and have dinner somewhere in Kettering. We can have a meal. If any Scientologists listening, if you'd like to take me to dinner, I'll take you to dinner. Mangiamo. 
Mangiamo. Nice, 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 nice Kettering. I'm not going any further than the Mangiamo, which is a stone's throw from my house. But I will buy you, pay for your own drinks if you're drinking, but I'll buy you a bolognese. Really? Something similar, yeah. And, okay. try, and they can try and convince you. They can try and convince me why I am wrong about Scientology. Can I and I will have a, yeah, a civilised conversation. Um, I would like it to be one-on-one, just because I don't want them bringing an army. I don't think it would be fair. And I promise that I will be civil and considered. And if I have made mistakes and I am wrong in this podcast, I am very open to admitting it. There's the invitation. Any Scientologist listening, Tom Cruise... Come, come, come for dinner. He's moving to England anyway, isn't he? To Scientology HQ, apparently. That was in the news lately. Um, my uncle was a Scientologist. Really? Mm. I don't know much more. It was when I was about six or seven. He was pretty deep into the whole Scientology thing. And we went down to visit him when he lived on some sort of weird Scientology commune. And even as a kid, I remember it being a very strange weekend. But I, said, well, I can't. It was, I was too young to really remember it. You blocked all the rest out. I might have just blocked it all out. I remember watching Spot the Dog. On the TV, that was the highlight. So maybe I wasn't even six or seven, or maybe I was God, just a late developer. Subliminal messages, they must have hammered yeah. into that. that you well, they had a swimming pool, though, so it seemed pretty sweet. Seemed yeah. like a sweet deal. Originally, disconnection involved not only ending communication with someone, but also declaring it publicly. The Scientology publication, The Auditor, included notices of disconnection from named individuals. It was also common for Scientologists to send short letters to the suppressive person to warn them that they were disconnected. Roy Wallace interviewed a number of people who had been declared suppressive, some of whom had received hundreds of these letters. The Scientologist was also required to take any required civil actions such as disavowal, separation or divorce to cut off contact with the suppressive. The policy was introduced in 1965 in a policy letter written by Hubbard. The Code of Reform introduced by Hubbard in 1968 discontinued fair game and security checks and cancelled disconnection as a relief to those suffering from familial suppression. In reality, these practices were never discontinued. However, the words fair game, disconnection and security checking were discontinued as the use of these words caused bad public relations. When the New Zealand government set up a commission of inquiry into Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard wrote to them saying that disconnection had been cancelled and that there was no intention to bring it back. In his book, A Piece of Blue Sky, John Attack cites the internal document dated August 1982 that, he alleges, reintroduced the disconnection policy. A belief that disconnection was being used again and not as a last resort led to a group of British Scientologists to resign from the church in 1984 while keeping their allegiance to the beliefs of Scientology. Their interpretation was that the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard encouraged the unity of the family, and therefore that the disconnection policy was a misrepresentation or misapplication. There are some examples of application of disconnection. In 1966, UK newspaper and moral guardian, the Daily Mail, quoted a disconnection letter from Scientologist Karen Henslow to her mother. Dear mother, I am hereby disconnecting from you because you are suppressive to me. You evaluate for me, invalidate me, interrupt me, and remove all my gains, and you are destroying me. Uh I unreadable from this time consider myself disconnected from you and I do not want to see you or hear from you again from now on you don't exist in my life have you ever had a letter like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) care to tell us more no okay (laughs) okay oh god it's got heavy really quick not from any parental just it wasn't from your daughter Karen Hensley was it (laughs) 
years. Henslow was a 30-year-old sufferer from manic depression, had been a Scientology staff member for two weeks when she disconnected. The message was accompanied by a second letter apologising for the first and saying that it had been mailed without her permission. Jesus fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. Wow. In 1982, David Mayo and other former Church of Scientology executives were subjected to an internal committee of evidence for alleged transgressions. The committee issued a permanent writ of disconnection forbidding all Scientologists from having any contact with the accused. In January 2008, Jenna Miscavige-Hill, niece of David Miscavige, spoke out about the policy's effect on her family. She revealed that once her parents left and she remained in the group, she had been forbidden to answer the telephone in case she spoke to them and that her parents only restored occasional access to her by threatening legal action. Another second generation Scientologist, Astra Woodcraft, told ABC's Nightline that she had been forbidden from any contact with her father once he left the church and she was still a member. She used her weekly laundry time to secretly meet up with him. When did she get her washing done? This article doesn't answer the questions I need answered. That's true. That's the problem with Scientology as a whole. To make the television documentary Scientology and Me, the BBC Panorama team spoke to two mothers whose daughters had disconnected, one for nearly seven years. Mike Henderson, an ex-Scientologist, told Panorama how he had not spoken to his father during his time as a member. When Henderson left Scientology, he re-established communication with his father, but most of the rest of his family disconnected from Henderson as a result. In 2009, a man named Shane Clark was about to be declared a suppressive person for being employed by Mark Headley, author of Blown for Good, Behind the Iron Curtain of Scientology. Clark secretly recorded a meeting between himself and Scientology spokesman Tommy Davis and his wife Jessica Feshback. In the tape, Davis is heard not only to threaten the man with suppressive person declaration, but tells him he will be the subject of disconnection. Clark was later declared and his family disconnected from him. So... Scientology, will you keep us up to date with your hmm. travels into the, the nether I'm go- I think we will definitely throw this out to the Scientologists and say, look, we've done a podcast, we think you're talking nonsense, by all means you have a right to reply, and that would be interesting. I genuinely mean it, I would happily sit down with a Scientologist and have a chat. Can I make clear that it's you that's yeah. initiating this, because you're obviously brave enough. And if they go digging on you, they're not going to find anything. Yeah. Whereas there's some I'm worried about what they'll find about Chris. Yeah. Ah, I see. That is so a concern, isn't as it? As solidarity, mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay this side of the fence with Chris and you can go on ahead into the minefield. Okay. We'll stand here in the muck with all our secrets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm calling I'm out secrets. Scientology. I think your practices are borderline evil. However, you want to put your case in return as to why this is an okay thing to do and how there are benefits that outweigh these practices, then get in touch. We'll have a chat. Mm. We'll go to Mangiamo's and have some pasta. It's a good restaurant. Mangiamo. Enjoy their pizza. It's delicious. It truly is. It's really nice. (laughs) nice. I like it. And they're very friendly in there. So, Mangiamo. We've not been sponsored by them. We're sponsored by Londis anyway, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we might... Sorry, I forgot. It's all right. Londis... I mean, they do sell pizzas, but it's not going to be... The there's no well, real... They're not made fresh right there, in front of you. Thanks for listening to episode 68 of Wiki Shuffle. Phil, Chris, you went to a festival... It's the hipster festival of choice, ATP, at Pontins in Wales. We did. We went. We went on holiday together. We did. We went went on holidays. Yes. And I am expecting some top-notch anecdotes. Oh, like you wouldn't imagine. So, if anyone's not familiar with what ATP is, it's basically a festival in a holiday camp uh, in a Pontins, faded seaside glamour abounds, and full of 
50-year-old hipsters. Yeah, Not even hipsters. I can't even call them hipsters. I don't know what to call the people that attend ATP. It's old. Gimps. Just old. <laughs> no, not, you're just jealous. You you know that you wish that you were there. For when Charlotte Church. I, when I, I told you about Charlotte Church. Yeah. yeah. You were yeah. jealous. That's my dream set list, and she is pretty much my dream woman. It was it was a bit of a shambles, all told, oh, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah, it was a big shambles. We had fun. Yeah, we did have fun. I got a wookie. You got you, a wookie? Yeah, that's not like... What is, what is a wookie? Is that Chewbacca? Chewbacca, is a Chewbacca is a wookie. I think hey. it was specifically meant to be Chewbacca. Yeah, not just a standard wookie. It was mm, a Chewbacca. Okay. Phil won it off for Sorry. me. That's oh, good. I'm glad that you've accepted it this. Then... Well, let's, Chris got a bit... Because it's a, it's a seaside resort, so it's basically it's got a load of 2P pusher machines mm-hmm. and it's got a load of those grabby, grab, grab, get yourself a soft toy mm-hmm. games. Yeah. Chris got a little bit broken... In his brain, financially, financially, oh, and mentally, in his desire to make one of Just these grabbers get a toy. Anything. How much would you say that you spent on the grabbers about, over the what, course of thirty p ago? And I had to go in all of them about two or three times, and it was about ten. You must have spent 20 English pounds I as say, a minimum. I definitely broke a 20 just for that. Yeah. And so it got to the end of one of the evenings and he was he was a bit upset that nothing was going as well. I tried them all. I tried all the techniques. Yeah. yeah. I pushed it the button once and then again and then pushed it a bit longer and then again. Yeah. And then asked for more money and I just kept doing that. Oh, that is all the techniques. Yeah, that's so, all of them. Yeah. But then you stepped up. You I stepped up first one. and got a Wookiee <laughs> on the very first attempt. It cost me 25p where Chris had spent definitely in excess of £20 on trying but, to get anything. And it's particularly wanted this Wookiee. I could see it in his eyes. I would have liked the Star Wars one and I got it. So, so it's Great. Got, it's got a Wookiee now. Right, there you go. There is your top class anecdote, everyone. <laughs> no, there's one more. There's one more. Yeah, go on. Um, I saw a man drink breast milk. Oh, <laughs> what kind of breast? A human breast? Human breast. Human breast. Fresh from well, yeah. the source. All milk is breast milk. <laughs> yeah. Except soy milk and almond milk and all the milks that aren't all breast milk. All the shit milk. milks. So, yeah, fresh from the source. I also saw how a breast pump. Well, fresh from the source. How fresh? Fresh from the pump. Yeah, within the sort of two minutes of production. Wow. I caught it live. I've never seen a what live do you mean pumping. You caught, what, what, did you just stumble into someone's... I turned like... around and then I turned the other way and there was just the breast pump going on. Oh. But in, in your... Our this... friends, yeah. who was joining us for the festival, had a baby not very long ago. Mm-hmm. And as such, is in the process of breastfeeding. But her baby wasn't with her. But she still needed, needed to, to get rid of the milk. decant. Mm-hmm. Lovely. <laughs> um, so, and because she'd, she'd had a drink, so the, the milk wasn't for consumption. Oh, it was like, like a baby. Milk. Milk. <laughs> baby. It was <laughs> basically a white Russian. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so it was going to go to waste. Oh, that'd be awful. <laughs> and, and rather than let that happen, our, our friend Adam. Stepped up to the plate. So he is he. He's not the father of this. He's baby. not the father of the baby. No. Is he in some way related to this woman? No. no. Why does that matter? Because that would be weird. I suppose. Yeah. Is it not weird anyway? Fairly weird. It's kind of weird, but I feel like if it's on offer and it's going to waste, well, I you kind might of think that it. as well. I can't. Part of me thinks I might not get that chance again. I didn't. Exactly. I didn't take it. I didn't do it. I've now still never tried human breast milk. Hmm. I would try it. And I could have done, but Adam, I mean, he drank a lot, didn't he? Yeah. He drank more than was necessary. <laughs> At least. The worry is that you get a taste for it. Yeah, and then that's you don't the want to be a person that's got a taste but, for it. But <laughs> thankfully, the internet exists, so I'd imagine it's quite easy to get oh, hold yeah. of. Probably quite expensive. Oh, definitely though. expensive. I was saying I don't want another expensive vice. 
Uh, wow, okay. So you didn't... Why didn't you? I thought you would have some, Chris. You like Baileys. I like a white Russian. It's probably my favourite alcohol drink. We're making it sound like Rachel's a raving alcoholic and that she was 90% proof. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... Uh, it's a milky drink. Adam's review, two-word review, is fine. You might not get another chance to drink breast milk. Why not? If you're listening, please don't send me any breast milk in the post. Oh. That's not what Wikishuffle HQ 1B Headlands Kettering NN 157 ER <laughs> is for. It's for postcards. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> oh, God, are they going to send us breast milk? No, you that hope would be amazing now, mystery now breast milk. Now you hope it's breast milk. Oh, crap. I'm not... If you, uh, It's going straight in the bin if anyone no, sends us no, any milk. No, 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 we have to try any it on air. Any type of milk. We have to try it on air. No, no we can't. you can try it on air by all means. Mystery milk. You can try the mystery milk. Why not? All right. Send Jack all the mystery. It's going to stink. It's going <laughs> to burst. It's going to have curdled. This is, you've not thought this through one bit. Send us a postcard. No milk. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down now. They've got our address. If they want to send us milk, they can There's send us milk. There's nothing we can do about it, is there? No. But at least wrap it well. Yeah. yeah be considerate of the Royal Mail. Yeah. They don't want to... No. reaching into their satchel and finding your curds. To be honest, they've got the address. <laughs> Live human women could just come around and... Squirt directly into your mouth. That's just what you really box. want. <laughs> through the letterbox. Ding dong. <laughs> like Milk's a, right. <laughs> like a glory hole for babies. <laughs> okay, that pretty much wraps it up, I think. Any it more amazing anecdotes? No, there's nothing more to be said. Okay. And we talked very briefly about Charlotte Church. and, and Charlotte Church is just phenomenal. She had oh, no business that. being at that show. She could have put that effort into selling out the O2, and mm. yet there she was dressed in a sequined circus some sort act, covering, gold. like, some sort of god, like some <laughs> sort of Welsh I mean, god. Some sort oh, of gold. But some yeah, some b- behind the scenes, we can give some behind the scenes, because we the view we had of the stage actually overlooked a bit where she was getting ready. And I can tell you that between Charlotte Church and her three backing singers, or was it two, I can't remember, they got through, like, three bottles of honey, three squirty jars <laughs> of honey. They were just neck in honey before oh, the yeah. performance. Well, I guess for a voice. Inside, well, I assume so. I don't think she's like a massive bee. Um, <laughs> Church, outed. I'm pretty um, sure it was for a voice, yeah. Okay. I, I, think, yeah I think you're onto something there. <laughs> she's so, collecting it for the Queen. <laughs> well, she did play what is probably my ideal set list. If I could choose any act to do a ramshackle tour of music, it would be Charlotte Church, and then she played... Yeah. Super Fairies and Nine Inch Nails and Sugar Babes and all the other good bands. And Neutral Milk Hotel. Now, if there was oh, one thing I wasn't off. Off expecting to see. Neutral Milk Hotel. Come on, no. You cannot honestly believe that is a good album. Of course. How? What? You're an oh, idiot. It's not a good you album. Are an idiot. <laughs> you are such an idiot. You are such an idiot. Absolutely not. They are awful. You are a terrible human. I'm not a terrible. You're ter- just not good at being a human. Chris, do you like Neutral Milk Hotel? Of course you I'm fucking don't. Guys. Exactly. <laughs> They're appalling. They're a bad band. I know that you're like an indie. I am disconnecting the fuck out of you. The king of the indies. (laughs) I am disconnecting you right off. And I've got good reason. All right. We'll see you next week for another episode of Wiki Shuffle. It's episode 69 next week, so expect lots of infantile giggling from these pair of idiots. What, you couldn't contain yourself earlier when you worked out we were going to be recording episode 69. You practically did a little wee. (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye.
Mangiamo's for all your Italian food needs. Uh, it's Mediterranean. For all your Mediterranean food needs. Wider than just Italian. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.